0: Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up here in just a few minutes, going to be joined by Andrew Carter of Let It Fly Media. He is sitting to join us to tell us all about what's going on with uh, Let It Fly, as well as a preview of the uh, Masters, which is uh, just a few hours away from the uh, time we're recording this. So uh, looking forward to talking about that with him and more. A great chat with Andrew coming up in just a little while from right now. Thomas Bridges joins me today. TV, what's happening? Oh, you know,
1: just uh, kicking it on Wednesday, halfway through the week, and, uh, you know, looking forward to the weekend, Jones. I'm actually DJing a uh, nonprofit fundraiser this weekend. Uh, MCing it, DJing it Whatever, what you will Uh, It's called The Cottage here in Bartlesville And they help uh, single moms and pregnant mothers uh, Most of them being in like a bad situation Whether it be like any domestic violence uh, Or maybe drugs or something You know, just a bad situation Or not maybe dealt the best uh, You know, dealt the best hand Um, So that should be interesting It's casino themed uh so you might catch me on the tables this weekend. Uh, um, so we'll see. That's what's going on here. Huh? what's what's in Lawrence?
0: Oh, it's uh it's an interesting week this week. Uh, it is uh the spring game for KU football is coming up on Saturday. And Les Miles
1: Smiles looks is looking forward to it.
0: He is. He certainly is. Uh it's gonna be a night game which is uh unique in itself. And Rick Ross is going to perform afterwards, uh, so it's going to be incredible. What we'll see the uh, that day. Uh, I'm very intrigued what the fan turnout is going to be because uh, there's been a lot of interest, Tom, in uh, KU football. The uh, you know last couple months since this hiring was made, they've already exceeded last year's season ticket sale total, but how much is that actually going to turn out for a spring game? It is free, and with the night game, with the concert and all that, how many people are going to show up with it still being a spring game? Uh, I think that if if they can get more than 10000 I, I would consider that a success uh, based on that in the past, the spring game has meant nothing to KU fans. Uh, I, I can't recall them getting more than 1000 previously for a a spring game. So it should be a unique uh, endeavor in itself. Well, you know, I think so. And just with it being the night game, I'm not going to call it
1: anywhere near like Texas A&M's midnight yell. Uh, But it being that unique, I don't know of another night spring game uh, around the country. I'm not sure if you know of one either. Uh, I'm also not aware of a spring game that has a name like Rick Ross. Uh so that in itself I think will get people to the stadium. Uh if not it just being a night game and maybe some hype around Les Miles. Uh I would say Les Miles personality and David Beatty's personality are two completely
0: different things. Well think about this, Tom. in in, if you would say let's take the spring game out of the equation, that Rick Ross was gonna have a free concert at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium on a Saturday night, you would think a lot of people would want to show up. And so I'm trying to think to myself, you know, hey, there's got to be an audience of folks that are coming for the concert and then the excitement around the football program and all that too. If if this is going to work out, if there's going to be a nice turnout, it's going to have to be some casual KU football fans that maybe were on the fence about going, but they're big Rick Ross fans or something like that. To me, I I think it's about as good of a setup as you could have asked KU to swing and put together to say, okay, you're going to give Les Miles for his first spring game, Rick Ross, and it's going to be a night game. I don't know if they could have really put this thing together and if there's any – if there's anything else they could have done to try to generate any more interest than just that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way
0: they set this up
1: uh, literally worked out great for them. I mean, you can't ask for much more. I mean, it looks like they've put a full effort into this. Uh, they, I mean, KU didn't half-ass this. They, they have a plan going forward, uh, and I like what I see so far.
0: Now, Jones, as far as about getting to meet Rick Ross, is that on the table for you? I hope so. I would love to meet Rick Ross. That would make my day. That would have to be the
1: new profile picture.
0: Oh, wouldn't it? Like it it would immediately go on the Instagram. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You know, just come up with some. uh, There's so many lyrics I could come up with that could be a caption for potential. I mean, this is this is something that's got to happen. This has got to be my goal this weekend: is meet Rick Ross and get a picture. Right. Get this: if you meet Rick
1: Ross. You, I mean, at this
0: point in your career, you almost have
1: to start a hip hop blog because now you've met Ice Cube, now you've met the biggest bezel, Ricky Rose, Rick Ross, the boss. I mean, at this point, you could probably, you know, maybe start a hip hop show or a music channel,
0: right? And just just say that you know, just, oh, I just I can't apply agree. for
1: Hip Hop Nation on Sirius XM,
0: right? Uh, here's my application. Uh, I've interviewed. Ice Cube and Rick Ross, and you know we're we're pretty tight. You know we we just make it happen. You know I mean we, we I love it. Just keeping one hundred. I like it. I I'm down to make that happen. But comparably speaking, you asked about you know hey does this type of thing happen in other places? OU for example, Tom for the first time ever they're doing a spring game at night and this season they just announced that this week, but it was actually due to weather. Uh, Due to weather coming in, they can't do it Saturday afternoon, so they're moving it to Friday night. And they're they're doing a pre-game concert with Lee Bryce, the uh, country singer. Lee Lee Bryce, nothing against Lee Bryce, but Lee Bryce performs at NASCAR races. Uh, Rick Ross, you know, sells multi-platinum albums. Uh, There's a little bit of a difference there. I, I mean, that to me... Just shows how serious KU has taken this when uh, a program like you know Oklahoma is like, yeah, we'll do a night game we'll bring in Lee Bryce like no recruits gonna care for that. I mean maybe some country bumpkin uh, you know is gonna be some Lee Bryce fan maybe one or two but to me the the idea of bringing in Rick Ross uh, that that says a lot not only attention wise you get people talking, but the that should be a huge win recruiting wise. Uh, comparably speaking, to if you were bringing in a Lee Bryce or a Trace Atkins or whatever, this is this is a huge victory to be able to pull in a guy like Rick Ross and sends a great message about your program to uh, potential players. And really, this is this should be what uh, other schools are doing for their spring game time. This should be a regular thing that we should be talking about uh, of schools around the country. This is a great idea. To have concerts go along with the spring game because the spring games do need to generate some buzz and some more attention of some sorts.
1: You know, honestly, I'm surprised it's not a thing already, and it's great that KU takes the initiative and does this. Now, don't get me wrong; I like Lee Bryce, but I believe OU is also charging to get in the spring game. That too. I think it's I think it's twenty bucks.
0: Yeah, it's it's somewhere along those lines. Yeah.
1: Now, now, tell me that KU is not charging. It's free. Okay, perfect. From from all, you know, I've been to however many Oklahoma State spring games. I can't, unfortunately, this time uh, because I have to DJ a wedding. Um, but I have never been or heard of a spring game that's not free. I mean, $20 is a little steep. If it was like 5 bucks and 4 of those dollars go to a charity, uh, I would 100% pitch in 5 or even $10 if, if there was like a non-profit that have benefited or even if yet i've seen people do like canned goods bring a canned good to get in and donate it to the local food bank i'm down with that but twenty dollars to get into the spring game seems a little steep especially if i gotta watch lee bryce
0: right i remember growing up tom and uh there would be one tu game a year a regular season game where you could get in bringing in a canned food do you remember those days i do And that, I mean, you know, they're not as big of a program, but it's also
1: awesome for like the Tulsa community or or just, you know, maybe people who aren't as fortunate with money or can't even, you know, afford to bring their kids to
0: even a TU game. Uh, And here's the thing, too, as far as as far as like keeping ticket prices low, you know, like, you know, having free spring games or low in prices for regular season games, whatever, you know, doing the canned food thing and all that. Here here's the thing is that you're going to make revenue anyway with all you're going to make in concession sales and with uh you know the uh merchandise sales that go on at the stadium uh with all that stuff that that goes along with it there will be money that will be made. Uh yes, you're letting people in for free, but I mean the majority of people are going to end up buying something and it's going to make up for the cost of them being there pretty quickly.
1: Oh, of course. I mean, uh, now, when is KU going to implement uh, beer in the stadium?
0: That is being negotiated. I want that as soon as possible, but uh, that's still going to be worked out eventually.
1: Now, if you're in the end zone club, you get bottles of Maker's Mark. Or if you're in the opposite end zone, i uh, pretty sure there was beer flowing. pretty Yeah, early.
0: and the suites have it as well. And based on the last few years of Kansas football, you certainly need that maker's mark to get through some Kansas football games.
1: Yeah, no joke. And, and maybe I'm not over-guestimating here. Maybe the whole bottle. I, You know, I say that. I like what is doing right now. I really hope you get to meet the big boss uh, this weekend. That will be, in my opinion, almost as cool as Ice Cube.
0: That'd be up there, no doubt about that. Uh, I mean, my, my, my list of best people I've met, Tom, I, I was thinking about this. Ice Cube, uh, Jeff Gordon would be up there.
1: Allen Iverson has to be up there. I mean, you knocked out two birds with one stone in that day.
0: That's true. Uh, I've met Dale Jr. Um, let's see, who else have I met? Uh, I mean, those are, those are the ones that come to mind immediately uh, I mean I, I've met all sorts of people from uh, who, who is somebody Tom just of any realm uh, whether it be sports or entertainment whatever it may be that's living that you want to meet that you haven't met already uh, uh, Greg Popovich okay, okay you could probably guess that one <laughs> alright let's say entertainment wise somebody in the entertainment world uh, John Mayer. Okay, I could have guessed that too. That's, uh, that's that's. I would
1: probably I would probably cry meeting both.
0: Um, Tom, I, I would love to meet the Dalai Lama. That would be really cool. Wouldn't it?
1: That would be something, especially not only just to meet him, but if you could get an interview out of him, that would be something.
0: I don't even know what I would say to the Dalai Lama
1: i don't think you would say anything i just think he in that moment i think you just kind of have to just shut up and listen
0: for the longest time the number one guy on my dream interview list was chuck charles barkley and i interviewed him at the final four last year so ever since then i'm like yeah it's all gravy at this point
1: yeah i mean you got to be a knucklehead
0: i was it was it was a terrible interview
1: a tar, terrible, terrible, terrible knucklehead. Terrible. Yeah. That's a pretty cool one too.
0: Yeah, Chuck, I mean, Chuck's up
1: there. Up there. If you got to meet like the Shaq Diesel, uh, that would pretty be pretty cool. You got to meet Marshall Falk. That was like my childhood hero.
0: And Kurt Warner the same day. And,
1: yeah, and then Marshall Falk had to go out and all those sexual harassment claims and kind of ruined it.
0: Yeah, I met. I went to the NFL Network and I met Steve Mariucci, Marshall Falk, Michael Irving. And uh, and Kurt Warner the same day.
1: I mean that's a you're, that's a Hall of Fame
0: right there. I met uh, I met Kirk Herbstreet once. How was he? Kirk was good. He uh, it was good. He was just fine. He uh, very nice. Uh, he he, he he's short of words actually. He doesn't say a whole lot uh, off camera. I mean, he
1: says enough on camera that I'm sure he's probably out of breath.
0: Right? <laughs> he's, he's everywhere on ESPN. He's, he's like Stephen A. He doesn't take another doesn't take a day off, so I'm sure that uh, he, he thinks he says enough. Here, there's one right there, Tom. I, I, I would love to see you and Stephen A. just debate and duke it out for like an hour Did or two. Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. I feel like
1: I would have to, to to keep up with him. I would need two things. I would need a case of beer... And a thesaurus. And Adderall. I would probably
0: tire out after a while, so
1: I'm I'm sure I would need something. That or a case of Red Bull to go along with it.
0: Would you uh um, would you be up would you be up for a screaming match or would you be trying to keep it calm?
1: You know what, just for the just for the novelty of it, I, I feel like you would have to go back and forth and scream and he would just say he would be throwing out words that were above uh, above my head. I would have to have like someone on the side just googling the words he's throwing out, just so I could kind of understand <laughs> what he means. Yeah, I can get most of them, but there are some that I'm like, okay, like you didn't need to use that word. Yeah. Uh, just be an extra, but that's you know that's his persona. That's his that's what makes Stephen A. Stephen A. You know, I don't I, I don't feel like he does it because that's what he wants to do. I feel like. He does it to keep that personality, Uh, and he he does a good job at it. Oh, he's he's playing a character. He's playing a character. I mean, him and Skip Bayless too. That was just a that could have that could have been on MTV.
0: That was a golden age for bad television. Like it was so bad, it was so good. I mean, oh yeah, it was not good for discourse. It was not good journalism. I mean, it was, but like at times, like you couldn't stay away because it was so bad. Yeah,
1: it's like watching it in a train wreck.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's what exactly what first take and undisputed and all that is. Definitely. Uh, no doubt about that. That's that's a very good comparison uh, for uh, those shows, to say the least. Tom, uh, Virginia won the national championship on a Monday night. First time in school history. And they, they had everything go their way. Every step. That, that Gardner-Webb game first round... They're uh, trailing for a bit at, at halftime, I believe, and they came back to win that game. And you know that raised some eyebrows of them being down to a 16 seed once again. The OU game the next round, OU actually played pretty good, and then Virginia found a way to win. They found a way to beat Purdue. They found a way to you know beat uh, uh, you know get beat Villanova, and then uh, of course they, they get to the Final Four and the luckiest of things happened in the Auburn game, and and then the Texas Tech game. Uh, that they, they had, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that the officials, you know, gave it to them per se, but it certainly did not hurt what the, you know, position, some of the calls that went their direction, didn't hurt them by any means. Just everything fell in line and fell into place. And each time, Tom, I found myself, like, complaining or shaking my head based on, just everything falling Virginia's way, I I I would circle back and say, well, you know what? This is the same team that had their whole world collapse right in front of their faces following the first round of UMBC last year. If there's any team that deserved to be the team of destiny, that deserved to have everything go their way this time around, it was Virginia. So, uh, I I normally would be begrudging of what they went through, but uh, they deserved it. Uh, it was a great story from uh, where they came from a year ago. Yeah, it is. It, it, I mean, it's a 30 for 30 in the making.
1: I mean, you're the first team ever as a one seed to lose to a 16. And then the next year you turn around and go on a run uh, after, you know, should have lost to, <clears throat> excuse me, Auburn. Uh, even in the first game, it was a tester against another 16 seed. And you had Twitter live. Uh, going crazy, ready to just double down on Virginia's embarrassment of last year. Could you have imagined? Uh, I mean, there were people still on Reddit, on Twitter, on Facebook. There's memes out there of uh, of Virginia. It's, it was the same as Texas losing to KU in football, but honestly, probably ten times worse. Um, and then to face that adversity, to face that criticism, to face that embarrassment head on, and to come back the next year and win the whole thing, uh, you know, we don't get to see a whole lot. We didn't get to see a a really a Cinderella uh, of sorts this year. But in a way, Virginia was our Cinderella.
0: Well, and, and the fact that they embraced their journey, too, Tom. I mean, that's a great life lesson is to embrace your journey, to, you know, look back at the circumstances and the obstacles that you've been through and learn from them and wear them on your sleeves. And that's exactly what Virginia did, is that they didn't hide from what happened in the UMBC game. Uh, Kyle Guy, his Twitter avatar for the last year was him holding his head down after losing to UMBC, and then after they win the national championship, he changed his avatar to him celebrating him winning the national championship. They did not hide from it whatsoever. Tony Bennett, those players they uh they embraced it and to me that spoke a lot about the character and the grit of this team that not only were they able to come back and win the national championship the next year but the fact that they didn't hide from what happened a year ago they went back to work and they took care of business
1: yeah they did and then maybe for them that was what worked best i mean
0: essentially it did um
1: just being constantly reminded of that embarrassment of the previous year, uh, kind of, you know, a motivation tactic to keep pushing to be better than they were last year. And honestly, it it worked out perfect for them. Uh, You know, some people, it works as far as like motivation, as far as overcoming a fear or a goal or anything. Some people like to put past failure in the past uh, where – it was interesting to see Virginia embraced it and keep kept that uh, as a motivating factor all throughout the year uh, faced with adversity in the first round, uh, almost losing to Auburn and then beating a tech team uh, that honestly had every right to win the national championship as Virginia did. Uh, and what a great national championship it was. I mean, the ratings what were up by 20% from the previous couple of years.
0: Yeah, it it was uh, a great game. Going to overtime, that that was one of the best championship games in my lifetime uh, that I can recall for much more. And and the way Virginia played in the overtime period, that was as clutch as you could get. Outscoring Texas Tech nineteen to seven in the overtime period and going ten for ten from the field. It, It was an incredible job by Virginia in that overtime period. And Texas Tech put up quite the fight. Uh, I mean, this team was down double digits in that second half and still found a way to come back and compete like they did. It was an impressive job by Texas Tech uh to be in that situation to you know they they could have you know fallen over and just given it to Virginia once they got down, but they never gave up. It was a really good game. Jarrett Culver you know his shot was never really there like we anticipated, but he still was not afraid to take some of those big shots down the stretch and put himself out there. He did not lose any confidence at all. Uh, Chris Beard, he's as good as any coach in college basketball right now. Uh, the job that he has done for this only to be his fourth year at the Division One level to take uh, the uh, University of Arkansas Little Rock to the NCAA tournament in his first year and then – You know, in his first three seasons at Texas Tech, they've only been to two Elite Eights and one Final Four at what Stadium referred to as the toughest school to win at in the Big 12. It's remarkable the job that he's done, and Texas Tech's going to have to do everything they can to keep him, and they need to because they have an incredible coach right now whose name should come up for every single coaching search. Uh, I mean, it's it's incredible what, what he's done there, and they have a powerhouse. Texas Tech is yes, they did lose this one, and losing socks, I get that, but as long as Chris Beard is at Texas Tech, Tom, the Red Raiders are not only going to contend for the big 12 every single year. KU's not going on another big streak again. If they went Well Chris Beard's at Texas Tech, if KU wins, and, you know gets on a streak of three big 12 titles in a row, I'll be shocked because Chris Beard and Texas Tech's that good they're going to be contending for the Big 12 every year they're going to be contending for Final Fours and National Championships as long as Beard's there at Texas Tech this program is here to stay and now you have two legit uh, championship contending teams every single year in the Big 12 in uh, Texas Tech and Kansas both it's great for the league that Texas Tech has taken such a big step, step up like they have.
1: Oh, and and I'm not even going to say it was needed for the Big 12 because for the past however many years, Big 12 has been the best uh, in college basketball through and through. But it's honestly just an added bonus for the Big 12 to kind of keep the reign of the toughest conference uh, in college basketball. And and you're 110% right about Chris Beard. Uh, Is he going to leave? Or, you know, at this point, who knows? Because I guarantee the job offers have, have already been out. Even before the Final Four, I would bet that he had uh, a platter full of offers just waiting for him, and not maybe even college basketball offers. I guarantee there was at least one NBA team, or there at least is now, uh, calling Chris Beard's number.
0: For sure. And in the defensive aspect, uh, let's touch on that real quick. It it was nice to see two defensive-minded teams – not only in the championship game but they played terrific offense. They 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 were the it was the first time that two teams in the national championship game each hit 10 or more three-pointers in a national championship game. Unreal. I mean these guys as much as we talk about defense and in particular Virginia, the slow pace, you know how boring these two teams are. They, they were incredible defensively, and they put on, you know, an offensive display, you know, a, a firework display offensively. I mean, that was just a great all-around game, and they proved everybody wrong. For years, people said that, you know, Tony Bennett's system, you can't win with that in March. You know, a lot, of course, there was a lot of doubts about Texas Tech over the years. Both teams, and, and you know, obviously, you know, Virginia is the winner here, and we're not saying that. There's a, you know, a moral victory for Texas Tech of some sort. It's not saying that at all, but both teams proved every doubter wrong about what they do and what they can accomplish through this tournament with with uh, the way they finished. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> with what Tech has
1: accomplished and, and overcome and, and even Virginia, just that whole game in itself – uh, was just so beautifully played. We talked about it, I believe, last week. Just the chemistry uh, amongst the teams in the Final Four, and obviously we got down to Tech and Virginia, uh, and and how people said, well, this, you know, this style of play is not going to work. Like you need offense, you know, being defensive minded is not going to work in in college basketball. We talked about this. Uh, it did work, and it continues to work. And and we all thought it was going to be Duke with Zion Williamson. Uh, and, and just the flashy players or, you know, the teams that have the, the number one and two prospects uh, or, you know, future draft picks uh, in the league. It doesn't take that. And, and while Tech and Virginia was in a way a unpredictable matchup or, you know, there were articles coming out that this is not the huge for the national championship in my mind as just coming from like a purist standpoint of, of, of just team
0: basketball it was appreciated oh no question no question about that it was uh quite the sight to see no doubt about that uh, we got plenty to talk about on uh today's jones report uh we're, we're going to talk masters coming up in just a bit also the xfl has a brand new rule that will just blow your mind when uh, their league starts up and then a little Tom tomfoolery as well but before we do any of that let's let you hear from Andrew Carter of uh, Let It Fly Media with what's going on with them as well as a, a preview of the uh, Masters Tournament all that and more with Andrew Carter as he joins us right now here on the Jones Report. Well at this time ladies and gentlemen we welcome into the Jones Report from Let It Fly Media it is Co-founder Andrew Carter, who joins us right now to talk about what their uh, business is doing and uh, to preview the uh, Masters Tournament, the first of the uh, majors, which gets going uh, coming up later this week. Andrew, what's happened? Uh, been a long time. Uh, always good catching up, man. Yes, I have going
2: well over here. We just... Uh... Kind of partnered with the PGA, so we're doing a lot of work in the game of golf, and we hope to help the game of golf moving forward. I did some promotional work out in San Francisco and have a lot of cool things lined up. So business is good, especially when it comes to the golf industry, even though that's not everything we do. But really hoping in five years or so that our name will be out there. And it's just a great week for the game in general with Masters coming up and all the hype around it. So. Couldn't be more excited about the way things are headed for us personally in 2019, but also as a golf fan, what we got on the calendar year.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. That's uh, fantastic to see uh, what, what you guys are doing. Still a fairly young company. And uh, last year you guys got the opportunity to go to Bell Rave and work at the PGA Championship there in St. Louis. and That was kind of a, a big moment for you guys uh, to get to where you're at now. I mean, that that, that was a big turning point uh, in, in the in the company per se.
2: Yeah, that was the catalyst for sure. Uh, That was, I mean, it was great that we were able to work for Bell Reeve and really show what we can do. I mean, as a video marketing company, I don't know how many out there have the experience that we have in not only sports but the game of golf. So to be able to prove ourselves there and then for the PGA to take notice and trust us to take on some of their larger projects is obviously the greatest sequence of events that could have happened. But really that was the, the launching pad to what could be something really, really cool here in the next couple of years.
0: And uh, you're also working with uh, a few different PGA guys as well, Uh, some guys that uh, have some uh, Kansas City ties on on, on top of that.
2: Yeah, Bryce Garnett. He's uh, sponsored by Great Life Kansas City, one of our clients. Um, And he's he's on the tour. He grinds away. He's one of those middle-tier guys. But any given week, he can get hot and really get some top 10, top 15 finishes. So uh, it's really cool. He's really the one representative from the state of Missouri, uh, that is on the tour consistently. So, yeah, Bryce is a great guy, and we'll be cheering for him. He won't be playing in the Masters, but uh, throughout the year, he'll play in some big tournaments.
0: Yeah, that's uh, really cool to see, uh, for sure, uh, no doubt about that. And uh, working with uh, all, all sorts of clients in the uh, golf world, in the uh, sports uh, industry as a whole, who, who are some of the uh, uh, companies or some of the uh, the names that people might, uh, might recognize you're working with besides just the PGA?
2: Two one. Yeah, Tyler, I mean, of course, the PGA is probably our biggest client when it comes to the golf industry. Hard to get much bigger than that, but we do work with some pretty big ones nationwide as far as uh, golf management companies. Uh, Landscapes Unlimited is a great partner of ours. They are headquartered out of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. They manage a lot of uh, golf courses throughout the country and do some irrigation projects along with some renovations for different sporting um, athletic fields and things like that. So pretty cool what they do uh you know great life kansas city i already mentioned they manage properties all over the country and specifically we work with the kansas city location so definitely have our you know hands dipped in the game of golf in multiple different areas and then from there i mean ubs the big financial company they're international we work with them to shot a commercial so it's kind of endless everyone needs video these days and we're helping a lot of people out but if we can focus on sports and things like that that's great because that's kind of our bread and butter
0: well, and not to mention, you're also getting to travel to all sorts of places and getting to play a lot of free golf uh, as well. What are, what are some of the places you're going to?
2: So we got to play Bell Reef. That was pretty sweet after doing the PGA Championship there last year. Obviously, I told you we had gone out to San Francisco for some promotional work for the 2020 PGA Championship next year in May, and uh, we were fortunate enough to play Harding Park already. I shot an 81 there, just one up throw it out there. Um And so we're we're getting some great opportunities, and, you know, there's a PGA of America professional at every course in the country, so it's kind of nice when your client has those connections, and I would say we'll be playing a lot of golf and hopefully some free golf at some of the premier courses in the country as we travel around for these jobs. Uh, So it's, it's a nice gig. I think when we started the company, we decided we like golf, we like video, and we like sports. Why not try to combine all three of those things and... You know, God willing, so far it's worked out really well.
0: That's great. Uh, Glad to see that things are working out for you. Uh, I mean, that that golf score should be getting better and better, I imagine, too, with uh, all this uh, golf you're getting in and and seeing it all firsthand. That's fantastic. Glad to see this uh, be as successful as it may be. Andrew, the uh, Masters this uh, weekend. First off, what what comes to mind when you think of the Masters watching this tournament uh, over the years, man?
2: Just the legacy, the legacy of Augusta and just how great the tournament is, but also I just think it's one of the best events in the sense that even people who don't play golf or love golf consistently, there seems to be a lot of hype around the Masters. It's a tournament that gets a lot of random viewers to watch the game of golf, which is really cool. Um, And then, of course, you know, Tiger and Tiger this week trying to win another major and how he's done fairly well at Augusta throughout the years and seems to perform there, so uh, there's just a lot of storylines, of course, uh, this week, but just in general, I just the course and what it brings and obviously the skept- skeptical around it. But what made it really special was the U.S. women amateur playing there and having the American winner uh, go wire to wire with another golfer and have women just playing that course. Was pretty amazing to watch, and and really one of the coolest sporting events I've seen in quite some time.
0: Yeah, that was a very cool, no doubt about that. A, a big moment for that course, uh, a long way for sure from where they've been uh, at, at one point in time. You you mentioned Tiger and uh, Tiger playing some really good golf within the last uh you know 12 months with what he's been able to perform and put together came very close to winning a major last year ended his season last year with that a uh, tour championship victory what what do you think's click for tiger uh in these last several months to to get him to play at a high level again because uh you know yeah he, he dealt with the injuries and such but even when he was out there for a bit he wasn't playing that great what do you think has uh, elevated tiger to play at, at such a high level once again
2: Well, you should be asking my uh, co-founder, Ben Walnick, these questions because he's about the biggest Tiger fan I know, and we're in the car right now going out to a job, so I hope he thinks my answers are good enough, but I I think I know enough about Tiger to answer that, and really for him, it's just keeping his drives in the fairway because even when he came back and he was healthy, he was really struggling with the driver. Um, Once he straightened out the driver, he was really staying competitive. Uh, As you mentioned, he was pretty close to some of the majors, but putting, putting is the key. It's like Tiger can scramble around and get to the greens and make par, but when he's making birdies, there's really no one out there that can stop him in the sense of the way he gets from you know, the tee to the green. So uh, I think for Tiger, it's just being healthy, being able to walk the course comfortably, which we feel like we've finally gotten to that point, and then just bringing in his game. I, I don't think he's the same Tiger of 10 years ago where he's just going to dominate every single week. If he can put it together for four rounds, it seems like he always has one hole or one round where he doesn't put it together, but he's still the best golfer in the world when he's on his A game, I believe that.
0: Of these uh, four majors, Andrew, is this Tiger's best shot to uh, to get a major championship victory this year, or is it going to be one of the other three? How are you feeling about this weekend uh, compared to his other chances to get a major championship this year?
2: Yeah, everyone always asks that, and I really think Tiger's at a time where he could really win any of the majors. I'd say probably the U.S. Open would be the most difficult for him at this stage in his career, just with all the heavy hitters out there and what the U.S. Open seems to bring uh, as a challenge. Like he, He really wants to attack the course where he can get a lot of birdies. When the U.S. Open tries to keep it around even, Tiger seems to struggle in situations like that, but... The Masters is good. I think the British Open really fits his game well these days because he can just keep it straight with his long irons um, and get some roll on fairways. And so I almost feel like the British Open is his best chance these days, and that's what we saw last year. He was so close there. Um, the PGA is tough, the PGA Championship, because so many low scores get posted where he just has to play great for four rounds. But then we saw Bell Reef, he almost did it. So uh, I don't know. I think, I think he's at the point where his game is – at a place where he can win any of these. I don't know if there's one that you're saying, well, he can only win there and there's no way it happens with the other three. It's just will he put together four rounds, and we know at Augusta he can do that.
0: Well, and it seems like with Tiger, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Andrew, that uh, you know what we've seen in the last 12 months is Tiger's done a really good job of finishing well and you know playing well in rounds 3 and 4 but yep. you know round 1 or maybe round 2 he he struggles a bit i mean a place like augusta that he knows well that he's played so many times could be an opportunity where we could see tiger come out strong right away with knowing that course and knowing the ins and outs this might be his opportunity for him to finally have that strong start we've been looking for
2: you're exactly right because there's been multiple times where he's started rounds with a- double bogey on the first hole or through through three holes he's like two over and then all of a sudden he goes on a little streak but he's just he's kind of fighting back from the very beginning so it's that consistency of all four rounds just avoiding bogeys because his game's at a point where he can get the pars and have eventually some birdies he just has to avoid the bogeys um so you're right he knows Augusta really well and hopefully he doesn't start slow. and he's got a great chance uh, to grind it out because he has been a Saturday Sunday guy recently and um as Ben pointed out behind me as we're talking, you know, I mentioned that the U.S. Open normally doesn't fit his game, which is probably true, but it is at Pebble Beach this year, which Ben reminded me, and that's a course that he's obviously dominated in the past. So if there's a year, if you're going to go to a Vegas bookie and say, Tiger's going to win one of the four majors, this might be one of the best years for that bet.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you're definitely honest up there, uh, no doubt about that. Andrew Carter, Let It Fly Media, joining us here on the jones report this week uh you know speaking of great golfers uh there has not been a better golfer on the planet in the uh, last 12 months than brooks kepka what he's been able to do uh he did not get to play in last year's masters due to an injury and uh, was spectacular in the other majors Uh, what are you expecting from uh brooks kepka i know that he's got a a bit of a chip on his shoulder uh, from not getting that opportunity to uh, compete in Augusta a year ago.
2: Yeah, it's hard. Brooks is just a steady and easygoing guy. And if he's playing well, as we saw Bell Reeve, it's like, yeah, good luck trying to catch up with him. He bombs the ball. He keeps it straight. He's fairly consistent. Um, so just like – I mean, the, the money is made on the tour at, at putting. A lot of these guys can hit it far. A lot of them are good getting the greens. It's can you putt and can you limit – two and three putts. Those are the guys that uh, the reason why there's the Justin Thomas and the Rory's and uh, it, uh, Dustin Johnson, all the big names are good because they're great putters. They put, they put everything together in a round. So Brooks is the same exact way. He's so good off the tee that when he's on putting, it makes it really hard for guys to keep up with him. So, you know, the Masters is one of those tournaments where it's the best of the best playing in it, and really anyone can go out there and win it. Um, a lot of guys know the course. They've played him multiple times. So I like Brooks' chances. And, of course, in the last year he's been the most, uh, I guess, consistent golfer, winning a lot of big tournaments, especially when it comes to majors. But Rory's kind of on fire right now, too, and I'd say a lot of people think Rory's got a good chance this week.
0: So if you had to choose between uh, Rory or Brooks, uh, who do you like uh, as, as possibly the uh, the favorite this weekend between those two?
2: You know, I do like Rory. It's always hard to say uh, someone's going to do well because they've done so well recently, but Rory's been top 10 consistently in the last couple of tournaments. Uh, maybe maybe a top 15 finish in there, but no worse than that. So going into it, I believe I read that Rory is the favorite to win the whole thing. So I really like Rory's chances probably more than Brooks, especially since Brooks didn't even play there last year, like you said. But it could, it could be anyone. Dustin Johnson's always in the mix. And as poorly as Jordan Spieth has been playing, I mean, he's been just awful for about a year straight now, magic seems to happen with him at Augusta, too. So I I really cannot wait to see what happens.
0: Yeah, and uh, Rory McElroy still looking for his first green jacket. Uh, he, he's done a great job uh, winning other majors, but uh, you know he went through a slump himself. Rory McElroy, what what, what do you think uh, got him going within the last uh, you know few weeks to to play at the level he's at? I mean, because I mean there were some rough moments for Rory McElroy for there for a stretch. Uh, I mean, it, it's actually as young as it may be. It's it's been a while since uh, his last major tournament victory.
2: Yeah, I think uh, for Rory, it was kind of one of those things. He was put on this pedestal, and he was playing great golf, and all of a sudden there's the pressure of everyone gunning after you, and he went through a slump, kind of similar to what we're seeing with Jordan Spieth right now. So, uh, you know, what exactly happened for him to all of a sudden be playing better? I don't know. I just think he just started focusing on the things that got him there, and we've seen some great performances out of him, and he, of course, showed up and played really well in the Ryder Cup along with everyone from Europe. Um So he's just been riding a wave of momentum and playing some of the best golf that he's played since he was younger. And if there's a time to get a green jacket, he probably wants to capitalize on the good golf he's playing right now.
0: Of the uh, former champions that we're not talking about, you know, the 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 guys kind of under the radar, you know, Bubba, Phil, you know, just to name a few. Who's who's maybe a former champion that uh, that could make a run at this? You think that could have a, a really good weekend? That maybe we're not talking about.
2: It's hard to go against Patrick Reed when you're talking about Augusta and former champions, just the way he's played there in the last few years. I feel like you just always have to think that Patrick Reed's going to be in the running, and if for some reason it's not, I think that'd be a shocker just based off of what we've seen the last few years. So as former champions, as much as I'd love to say Phil's got a chance, and we just really haven't seen Phil put it together in quite some time, although he has been playing much better in some tournaments. He won out at a PGA West a few months ago. So um You know, there's some great names out there as former champions, Bubba, as you mentioned, but I really think Patrick Reed's the one to continually watch out for these
0: days. Uh, Let's talk a a couple more names. Uh, Ricky Fowler still looking for his first major. It seems like he's gotten so close so many times. Uh, Is is this a good opportunity for Ricky to finally break through and, and maybe get a major championship?
2: Yeah, I think every opportunity is great for Ricky. We saw it last year. He had a great run towards the end, but he just struggles on Saturday and Sunday. He's the anti-Tiger Woods. He seems to get off to great starts, and something happens uh, during the weekend that really always seems to put him behind. But at the same time, he's consistently at the top of the leaderboard as well. So Ricky's the same boat as everyone else. If He can just avoid those low-up holes he's got a great chance and uh i would love to see it i would say aside from tiger that's probably the one guy i want to see win it everyone on the tour seems to love him he's played some great golf in his career just still hasn't gotten that major he's kind of a modern day Phil nicholson right now uh, really searching for that first major and maybe the door breaks open for him once he gets it so that would be a great story this weekend and definitely chance for ricky to put it together
0: well and he's still relatively young too if he doesn't get it now and has to wait even another year from now that's not a huge deal per se i know that we've all been waiting for it but uh i mean his time will come uh, sooner rather than later as far as getting that major championship goes for for ricky andrew uh, i mean th- this guy I-, I think it would mean so much for just the state of the sport as popular as he is i mean this could uh i mean other than tiger this could be the best win for for the game as far as the most excitement, most energy uh, might be the best second best story other than Tiger winning would be if uh, Ricky could put this together.
2: I think that's a fair assessment. He's a man's man on the tour. Everyone on the tour likes him. He's pretty marketable already for really only having one premier victory and that was at the Players' Championship a few years back. So yeah, if he wins I think that is great for the game. He'd definitely be marketable and he's a great personality to get in front of the camera and would be an awesome player who we've known for years um, as a young gun up and coming. But if he could finally get that major victory, especially at Augusta, I think, I think he would get marketed like crazy. And all of a sudden, you have him versus Justin Thomas, Spieth, Brooks, uh, Patrick Reed, and there's some great names out there. Tiger doesn't have to carry it anymore, but you're right. Tiger still is the biggest name, and if there is a second, I think Ricky would be that guy
0: real quick on uh gary woodland Uh, i gotta ask you about him the uh Topeka, Kansas native. He's had a career year, uh, you know, dating back to when he won the Phoenix Open a year ago. He has played some incredible golf. Top twenty-five in the world golf rankings. Uh, some of the highest rankings he's seen is in his entire career. Played really well at the PGA Championship, leading at certain points uh, a year ago. Uh, I mean, this has been a uh, fantastic the way that Gary has, has come along. The way that he's played uh, as of as of late is, has just been so good and. And uh, compared to you know, what he was doing early on in his career, a good chance for him possibly to uh, get a good finish this this weekend in Augusta.
2: Yeah, he's really kind of matured into his game. I think he's one of those guys who the older, older he got, he just figured out what works and what doesn't. And he doesn't have to be perfect every round. Um, Gary's been playing really well, and he, he really should try, you know, this is kind of his window of opportunity. I think there's certain golfers that you just get into your best game for about a year or two, and he might be in that right now. And we've been seeing that in tournaments and in majors. So, Gary Woodland's a great name locally to see and follow at the Masters. And look, he's he's been right there. And I don't know why you would think going in, he couldn't be. We're seeing guys win tournaments. This is last week that qualified on Monday and then won the tournament on Sunday. It's really an interesting. I mean, that's what's crazy about golf. Anyone can win any week, and Gary definitely has a chance.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. A couple more things, and we'll let you run, Andrew. Who's uh, who's some wild cards? Uh, who are some guys off the wall that uh, nobody's talking about that uh, that has a chance to uh, to compete this weekend?
2: I wouldn't call them wild cards, but some names we haven't mentioned are some of the European guys. Henrik Stenson seems to do well at Augusta. Um, you know, obviously Tommy Fleetwood is a great one Molinari we've seen as a major champion so some of the European guys you don't think about because it's an American course but they're really good and when they're on they're just as good as about anyone else so um, some of those European names I think you need to keep looking out for as potential guys that can win a green jacket
0: all right last question for you Andrew give me one name who walks away with that uh, green jacket on Sunday
2: who are putting me on the spot, I really haven't wanted to make a decision yet. But I think if you had to put one name on it right now, i like Dustin Johnson. I think he, he's, he's just been close a few times, and uh, I don't, he doesn't have a Masters win yet. And I think it's time that he's, he gets one, because he's obviously one of the best in the world. And uh, I don't want to go off of last year. I, I would love to say Ricky. I'd love to say Jordan. I'd love to say Tiger has a chance I just, you know, it's hard to bet Tiger until it happens. So I I put my money on DJ.
0: All right. All right. I, I like that pick. Uh DJ would definitely uh be be a good one uh, as far as that goes. Andrew, before we uh let you run, where could people connect with you and see uh all what all what you guys are doing there at uh, Let It Fly?
2: Yeah, the best place to find us is uh www.letitflymedia.com. Take a look at some of our stuff and we have a form to we'll fill out if you need some promotional video of any kind and obviously social media we have uh just search let it fly on twitter and instagram we we keep things posted as well but we, we we try to make a lot of products for our clients we're not always really showing off on our own social media platforms what we're doing because we're a little more client focused than selfish i would say but at the same time you can definitely see what we're doing on those uh platforms
0: all right don't wreck any drones and uh, we'll t- catch you down the line appreciate the time Ed All right. Thanks, Tyler. Big thanks to Andrew Carter for joining us here on the Jones Report today. Tyler Jones, Thomas Bridges back here with you now. Let's continue the Masters discussion, Tom. And, you know, when we come back to the Masters every single year, it's amazing how well this thing has aged. It's like a fine wine. It gets better every single year that they go back to the same course, which is unlike every other major. Uh, you know it's the same venue, it's everything is totally the same every single year, but yet that place gets more beautiful. The golf has gotten better. the uh, golfers uh, you know it's more competitive than it's ever been. So many good golfers in the sport right now. Uh, there, there's just a lot of good things going for the masters. This is. Uh, I, I don't know necessarily ratings wise if it's going to break any records per se compared to previous masters, but this is one of the, one of if not the highest points that golf has ever been in entering the masters and and just where the uh, state is of the sport and the masters right now uh, it's incredible and Augusta's got a lot of momentum right now. they just finished the uh, first ever women 's amateur. Last week, which was a tremendous success, crowds were incredible. Of course, they're allowing female members now, you know, dating back to 2012. There's just a lot of good things going on for golf in Augusta right now, heading into this weekend.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, like we've talked about multiple times before, just how good uh, of a setting it is for any sporting event. I mean, if you, it, it transcends all. When you talk about the Masters, you're, you're talking about one of the most prestigious places on earth, uh, not only for sports, but just as far as scenery goes. I mean, we wouldn't even if we went, we wouldn't even need to play around the golf. I would just like to walk it maybe like an early morning, maybe a little bit of fog going on uh, just to even walk that course or to even be there uh, on the same grounds as however many legends have walked uh, would be incredible.
0: I'm very jealous of Jim Nance this week, Tommy. He's covering he covered the uh, Final Four, you know, called the uh, Final Four in the national championship on Monday, and then rolls around to do the uh, Masters on Thursday. Every time I heard the promo of uh, of Jim Nance, you know, getting ready for this, like I got so pumped and so excited. It's finally here. I mean, th- this is the week of Jim Nance. Like, where I-, I imagine that even Jim Nance. Is as uh, Even though he is Jim Nance, he's got to be filmed like he's on cloud nine this week every single year.
1: Oh, you would think he's one of the best jobs in sports. I mean, uh, it might be the most classic intro in, in any sporting event. Hi, friends, or hello, friends. Uh, I mean, that just in itself is a classic line, and, and he's got most, maybe arguably the most
0: most wanted job in sports. If I could be anybody in sports this week, actually, maybe even for the world, for that matter, I might be Jim Nance this week. That would probably be this. Would this would be a good week to be Jim Nance?
1: Oh, of course, Really, any week is probably a good week to be Jim Nance. I'm sure he has his bad days, but I'm sure his bad days are, are probably close to my good ones. I
0: mean, his his bad days. Hanging out with Phil Sims weren't really that bad, big picture wise.
1: No, it might be it might be terrible to hear him talk or to commentate, but at the end of the day, if you're Jim Nance, you're you're sitting pretty good, right?
0: Yeah, and and with Tony Romo now too, uh, that uh, that crew has been fantastic. But yeah, Jim Nance, uh, he'll be on the call this weekend uh, for the Masters and uh, for what's in store there. And we talked about the depth. That there is in golf. We'll, we'll do our fantasy picks coming up in just a moment. But, Tom, I'm looking down this list here. And, sure, you have your favorites. You know, Rory's the favorite going into this weekend based on the way that he's played as of late. Tiger Woods is going to be up there. We'll talk about Tiger here in just a moment. But, you know, Brooks Kepka's won three out of the last six majors. Uh, yeah, I mean, you go down the line, a guy like Jordan Spieth, who's won this tournament before, who was the best golfer in the world and looked like that he was... Uh, well on pace to uh, you know break a lot of records, is not even being mentioned this weekend. Uh, I mean, it's crazy just how much depth there is that a guy like Jordan Spieth has been kicked to the curb. I mean, there's a lot of guys that could contend. I, I think that you'll have your favorites. You know, there'll, there'll be a number of them that are finishing the top 10. But even with that being said, Tom, I think that we're still going to have a couple surprises. There's going to be guys we're not talking about that are still going to find their way into finishing in the top 10
1: you know and jones we talk about it every april goodness for the however long that i've known you and however long that we've kind of shared a little bit of love of golf we always talk about this every time the masters comes up it's never who you think it is never Uh, even last year patrick Reed. who would have guessed Uh, i mean he's obviously not a bad golfer enough to win uh he looks more like
0: the pillsbury doughboy than he does a golfer
1: oh no joke and and It's weird how that storyline matched up that how his parents that he didn't talk to, uh, because of his wife is kind of a, a party pooper. Um, that whole storyline where his parents, uh, what were like, maybe what, 45 miles away from him, maybe in the, in the, in the place that he grew up to win at Augusta while his parents were watching live, uh, and not there just that whole storyline that was talked about a lot. Um, just for him to win uh, when Spieth was arguably playing some of the best golf ever, uh, you know, he was favored. Obviously he was, he was there close into the end. Uh, you know, even the way Tiger Woods played a couple of weeks ago, he's in, you know, he's 16 to one odds. Uh, your boy Brooks Kupka, I'm looking at the odds now is on that list. Um, you know, obviously one of us is going to pick Rory, but, it's not necessarily going to be him and only him. I mean, it's, it's always the, you know, from the history of the way we look at it and from those odds, uh, it's always your least expected there. There's always, uh, it's, it's funny about the masters and it's also really cool that there's always a story. There's always a, someone who rises from the ashes, so to speak, uh, to come out and win this thing. Uh, and it's so cool for me and you and just for the people watching it doesn't have to be just me and you but for the people watching to see someone that you wouldn't expect win it i mean the green jacket is the most coveted maybe one of the most coveted awards uh in all of sports and so to see someone who wasn't on anybody's radar come back and win it or come from the ashes and win it on you know saturday and sunday for me is really cool to see Uh, i mean that's just in my opinion but to see an underdog, even if it's Patrick Pillsbury, Doz Boy Reed, uh, come out of the blue and win this thing, it's it's
0: tells it's telling, it's very telling uh, of how great the Masters is. Here, here's a question for you, Tom. Um, you know, being the golf fan that you are, and being the Oklahoma State fan that you are, the, I, there's a crossroads here. If you had the choice, would you rather see Tiger win this weekend? And, you know, of course, all that comes with that first major win in over a decade and what comes with Tiger winning the Masters or see Ricky Fowler win the Masters. If you had to choose, which one would you choose? You know, Ricky obviously
1: has never won a Masters, and Tiger has what? Three? Three green jackets? Two green jackets?
0: Yeah, he's got a few.
1: Yeah, enough. So, just being who I am, uh, no bias aside at first. It would have to be Ricky because he doesn't get to win or he hasn't had his time to shine. You know, I, I always like to see Tiger. I think everybody does at this point. You know, after his after his scandal, you know, a lot of people shunned him or said, shame on you, Tiger. Now, a couple of years has passed. He's had his time in the, in the dog pen. You know, he's playing a lot better golf than he has recently. Would it be really cool to see Tiger come from the ashes in that way and to get another green jacket at this point in his career? It would be beautiful uh, and we could very well see that uh, I mean Tiger it's 16 to 1 odds as well yeah he's, he's the, the, he's the 12th ranked
0: golfer in the world golf rankings and that's in great shape there's guys that uh, Sergio Garcia most recently was 12th in the world when he won the Masters and that wasn't too long ago Tigers won this thing four times the last of those being back in 2005 so he knows Augusta just as well as anybody. I, I think that as far as what would be good for the sport and for the momentum, uh it, it would pro- the, the best case scenario is for Tiger to win. But the second base best case scenario, Tom, I think, would be for Ricky Fowler to win. Ricky is uh probably the second most popular golfer on the tour. And you know, his his popularity is so high. He's so well liked um, you know, he's, he's Native American, so much like Tiger to that effect, he's got, you know, a different background, not a non-traditional background of sorts. Uh, we, we've seen what he can do. You know, he's such a great brand ambassador uh, for Puma and for farmers and, you know, the motorcycle and all that. You know, I mean, like there, there's a lot that comes with Ricky, and this would be his first major championship too. I think the Tiger would probably be what golf would want the most – but the second choice would probably be for Ricky to win. This is what golf would want to see, uh, as far as the uh, next best outcome besides Tiger winning it. When, when Ricky won the Players Championship a couple of years ago, I can't recall of a more talked about Players Championship than when Ricky put it together. I mean, I, I think that there would be this would be universally liked and loved if a Ricky could pull this off. Well, do you remember that Players Championship? That last round of golf,
1: how? awesome that was i mean that was you know for your average fan that doesn't really watch golf on tv if you got to tune into that to see what was did he hit like three birdies in a row on 16 yeah i mean that was incredible i mean that was one of the best displays of golf by oklahoma state bias aside that i've ever watched i'm you know i'm not super avid on golf but that was super fun to watch i mean that was competitive golf that was just you know taking shots back to back to back uh that was clutch after clutch after clutch and and to see maybe ricky fowler to win this thing you know he stayed like you mentioned the the brand loyalty to puma uh you know not the biggest brand obviously in golf uh but maybe for ricky that is the best thing because when you think of puma in a way you think of ricky fowler because he doesn't just wear your you know your average color she's always going out bright you know obviously has like the full orange outfit and he throws some pinks in there he throws some pretty crazy uh outfit some pretty crazy you know uniform appearances um from time to time and and just what he's done and you mentioned how well liked he is i feel like he's very involved with the fans uh on twitter on for a long time on snapchat him and smiley kaufman were like big going out you know chugging natty lights on the golf course. So for your average golf fan that's, you know, roughly our age that likes to go out and have a good time and and, and play a round of golf and not count score, uh, I think, you know, that's part of his fan base. Uh, You mentioned the Native American part, which is also huge. Uh, All of Oklahoma, in my mind, uh, is probably rooting for Ricky Fowler. You know, he's not a native Oklahoman guy. um, He might as well be. Yeah, he okay, there you go. He almost emboldens the Oklahoman spirit. Is am I wrong for saying that?
0: Well and, and he does. Uh you know, he's very involved with Folds of Honor. He's done a lot for them over the years too. Um, you know, right there based in Tulsa. So yeah, Ricky definitely embolds that and I think that not only I mean, for, he's an
1: honorary Oklahoman at this point.
0: Yeah, I I I think that not only Oklahoma, but just the entire country would be thrilled if Ricky pulled this off. I think Tiger would be the first choice, obviously. But Ricky would be an incredible story if he could pull this off and uh, get this major championship. Uh, Tom, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get to uh, our fantasy picks. I gave you the choice of giving you the number one pick or giving you the 2-3 pick, since we're doing a snake trap. And you chose the 2-3. So I will have the first pick. We're each gonna take five golfers. The best average score wins. Simple as that. And uh, when I when it's all said and done, Tom's gonna to owe me dinner. So there we have it. That's how we'll settle this.
1: Hey, to be fair,
0: I think I came out ahead last year. I think we even had Nolan in on uh, it. I can't remember actually how, how last year went. Uh, that, that that was last year. We, we're, we're focused on uh, the week ahead as far as what's to come. Uh, first pick. I have the first pick. I'm going to go the odds-on favorite. Give me Rory McIlroy with the first pick off the board. Tom, uh, your first two picks. I like our go-to guys. I'm not even going to lie, and you
1: probably saw this coming. I was hoping you weren't going to take them. I will take Ricky Fowler. Ricky. I will do it. Okay. Uh, I will take Ricky right out of the gate. I will also take Dustin
0: Johnson. Ooh, DJ. Okay. I like that pick. Um, The uh, next pick, so I have the next two then. Give me uh, Brooks Kefka. Oh. Brooks, by the way, in the par three contest, had a uh, hole-in-one, by the way, Tom. And uh, I can't believe this guy's still available. Uh, I'm going Tiger uh, here. Yeah, let's go Tiger with the third pick. Tom, next to I, I was going to take Tiger, honestly, but
1: I figured you were going to take him. Um, you know what? I Next two, I will go George Spee. This high, as bad as he's playing, give me, give me a mulligan. Let me use golf here. I'm, I'm thinking Jordan Spieth. He's 16 to one odds, and so is Tiger. But Tiger's playing obviously better. We have talked about people coming uh, from the from the outside in. I'll change it. We'll just go. I'll, I'll You do. have two
0: picks here. You could take Spieth. I do.
1: I do, do and and I have two lined up that I'm I'm thinking about taking. I'll
0: just go ahead and do it. I'll take Jason Day and Matt Kutcher. Okay. So Jason Day and uh, Kucher. Okay. Um, let's see. So now I have the uh, fourth pick on the board, as uh, far as that goes. Uh, give me, uh, give me Justin Rose here with the uh, fourth pick, Tom. Okay. okay. Now you have another one, don't you? finish finisher Uh I do. Uh, my last pick for the uh, snake draft. Uh, let's see. I've got Rory Brooks, Tiger, Justin Rose. Um, let's see. Ooh, this one. Uh, this one's tough. Once you get down to the uh, very end here. Uh, go ahead and. Uh, I can't believe he's still on the board. Give me. Uh, I'll go another Justin. Give me uh, Justin Thomas, JT for my last pick.
1: Oh, solid choice. Um, that's who I was going to take. Uh, let me see. That is... Uh, You're
0: you going to go what, ahead I, and take Speed know, here?
1: That's very tough. I was going to stay Patrick Reed just because uh, not a whole lot of people go back-to-back. So, I'll, you know, I will take speed, uh just because. Now, when Ricky wins this
0: thing, I mean, is it just a complete average of all of them? Or it, it's an, if it, one it, of our it's an average of all of them. Let's say that.
1: Okay. That's that's fair. So if, if, you're, you're saying if Tiger poops the bed and
0: doesn't make the cut. How, how about this? Uh, uh, let's say this. If you have the uh, the winner, you get two bonus strokes. I, I okay, done deal. Okay, there we go. So then you get a little prize for being correct, a little extra, and, and two strokes. That's fair, right? I think that's fair. Okay, if, if it were uh, you know a bigger field, if there was more of us, then maybe more strokes. But two between the two of us, I think that's fair. So two strokes. There you have it. My team, Team Jones, is Rory, Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods, Justin Rose, and Justin Thomas. My world golf rankings in my draft tab, I was able to get the number one golfer, the number four golfer, the uh, number twelve golfer, the uh, let's see, the number three and the number five were who I was able to get with my uh, with my draft. My world golf rankings, not bad. Uh, your team, Ricky Fowler, who is uh, currently ranked as the number nine golfer in the world. Uh, Dustin Johnson, you got with the second pick. He's the number two golfer in the world. Uh, The third pick you used on Jason Day, who's the 14th-ranked golfer in the world. The uh, fourth pick you used on uh, Matt Kuchar. And uh, Kuchar is uh, the 16th-ranked golfer in the world. And then uh, Jordan Spieth is who you use your final pick on. He's the 33rd-ranked golfer in the world. So there you have it. There's our picks for the uh, Masters. And uh, we'll check back next week to see who owes the other one dinner as uh, far as that goes with uh, picks. A couple more things, then we'll get out of here today, Tom. Uh, let's uh, move to the XFL. We told you last week uh, we talked about the end of the Alliance of American Football. And, Tom, I'm still sad about that, by the way. Um, I- I'm going to forever miss the, uh, the Alliance But in the meantime, we have the XFL to look forward to, uh, about a year away. And the XFL, Tom, they have decided, word leaked out from Pro Football Talk, that the way that they're going to do overtime in the XFL is there's going to be 44 players on the field at one time. You're going to have 11 on 11 in one end zone and 11 on 11 in another and it's going to be two-point conversion plays going back and forth. This sounds insane, Tom, but I would expect nothing less from the extreme football league headed up by Vince McMahon. And you know what? They say this thing's only going to take five minutes to do overtime. They actually might be onto to something. This could be uh, brilliant. This could be idiotic. But the chances of this working i would say are higher than not uh as far as executing overtime goes we've always been talking about you know hey they need to shorten the game overtime is too long in college but it's too short in the uh, national football league they may have found a solution with this year and it's still a good balance of offense versus defense too where they both matter just as much in this case yeah they really could and and to be honest,
1: when they say college football overtime is too long, you know, there's a point in time that you get to that too long might be too good. Uh, I enjoy college football overtime just as much as I enjoy any overtime in any single sport. Uh, I, th- I think it's the best, the best way to do things from the 25. I mean, you got a short field. Uh, you know, I feel like defense kind of gets the upper hand there. Uh, but there's so much offense in college football that it doesn't really matter. I, you know, I am all for multiple overtimes in college sports, uh, not only in football, but in basketball. In my mind, as a fan, when they say takes too long, I don't see that. As, As long as it's good, solid competition, I don't see any problem with it going an extended period of time. Now, in the XFL case, If it goes an unreasonable bout, then we can get into something that's like, okay, I'm over this game, I'm done. It's gotten way out of hand um, just because it's a newer league and it's not the top-tier competitive football like NFL is. Um, So XFL is really working with something here that might be a game changer when you put 44 players on the field at one time, granted that – one side has 22 and the other side has 22. Um,
0: There might be a good level of chaos there. Right. And the way it's going to work is you get a point if you force a turnover. Could you imagine if you force the turnover, you can't necessarily just run it back to the other end because there's going to be guys waiting for you there. I guess it's going to be a dead ball of some sorts as far as that goes. uh, If you force the turnover. So there's a lot of things to figure out, a lot of potential. Tom, to me, this is, uh, this is the equivalent to a shootout in hockey or penalty kicks in soccer. This is essentially what this is.
1: Yeah, that's what it really seems like. And it is exciting. I mean, that part's exciting. When you see PKs in soccer, uh, for the average fan, who's not a purist of, of you know football or soccer, uh that gets exciting because it's automatic scoring. I mean, you're either getting a goal or you're not and it's a shot on goal. Uh so for the average soccer fan, you're pretty much seeing automatic points. Um I guess you know, you could say for hockey the same way because there's not that many goals scored, so you're seeing the best, you know, the the best with the stick and the best with the with the glove. Um so maybe you introduce that to football. Uh, in a way, because if you have to go back and forth, uh, then the anticipation builds and you don't have to wait 25 yards to get close for a touchdown or an extra point. You get that instant gratification of someone either scoring or they're not. And there's a 50-50 chance, per se, on every play that you're getting either a score or you're not. Uh, And so what really is interesting with the advancement of sports betting Is that you're getting that almost instantaneously and, and, and with, and we've talked about this before, but the way sports betting is going, uh, and with even what the AF had going on their little sports app or their little sports betting app, you almost get that betting on every play feel. Um, and so with, you know, as we continue to advance, as we continue to get progressive on sports betting, I could see
0: this getting insane. Oh, th- this could this could blow up. And especially if, you know, right now, think about uh, if you bet on that uh, Virginia-Texas Tech game, Tom. You would think, you know, if, if you had Texas Tech to cover, you know, they were a one-and-a-half-point underdog. They, uh, you know, they tie and go to overtime. And you're like, okay, great. Tech's going to cover then. You know, they, they got it. And then Virginia goes on that run and all of a sudden gets the backdoor cover. You could, it could be easier in the sense of that, you know, hey, if it goes overtime, they're not going to be winning by you know, more than you know, two points. That could be an equalizer. It could be easier, actually, to gamble as far as that goes with, uh, with this overtime, uh, if this works out. I think it's a good idea. You, we, we talked, Tom, about the, the all-22 camera and the all-22 film. They might have to come up with an all-44 camera at this point. Uh, to be able to get all this in. I think this would be unique. I want to see how it actually works and how it looks, Uh, but it seems to be a good idea. I'm not opposed to it. What is the best overtime in all of sports, Tom? What do you think it is? You you mentioned you like college football overtime, but looking at the entire sports landscape, what's your favorite overtime if you had to pick one?
1: You know, honestly, it still has to be college football. Just the way they do that in in the calls, and the I wouldn't even say petitions necessarily just yet, But for the calls from the fans to make the NFL exactly like college, uh, when you look at what college is, I mean, I I feel like it's probably more popular than NFL or more favored just because you have teams fighting probably harder uh, than what some NFL teams do. Uh, Just how that can go and how crazy that can get. You know what? After the second overtime, you have to go for two. Um, When it gets to that point, it – there, there's a little spark, there's a little fire that you don't see like you do in the NFL because, you know, you get the sudden death after, you know, the first drive. That's not fun. Uh, you know, you want to see both teams get a chance. And, and if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you want to see college football over time because Patrick Mahomes didn't even get to get the ball. Right. Yeah, that, that uh, you was... Know, and, and, yeah, what can change? What would have changed? You know, we love to play what if? Uh, that's one of my favorite games to play. We'd love to play what if, and if you look at the NFL, if they would have been college rules, we could have been looking at a whole different Super Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) History changing. I mean, eventually, uh, just because of how lucrative and how crazy college football overtime can get, uh, you have to say the NFL is going to move to that eventually, especially with the advancement of sports betting it's going to get to that, and that in my mind, is why college football overtime is the best the best out of all of them
0: here here's my favorite overtime in all of sports tom you're you're never going to guess what i'm going to say i'm going to say it's probably n h l my favorite overtime in all of sports is nascar overtime expound on that <laughs> you went radio silent i I figured you were pretty shocked when I said that um With NASCAR overtime, you're guaranteed a green flag finish that it's a caution can't end the race, that can't just stop it from happening. You're guaranteed a green flag finish, and you're going to get at least two laps in if you go into overtime, and it goes by quick, and it's competitive, and they'll keep going to overtime, go to extra overtimes until they get... A clean finish with no cautions. I, I like uh, that's my favorite overtime is a NASCAR overtime. Obviously, that can't really be compared to any other sports because you can't necessarily have you can't have an overtime unless it's a, a race of some sorts, like you can in a NASCAR overtime. That's my favorite. You know, that's a,
1: that's an interesting pick, uh, and it's a lot different, obviously, from any of the four major sports. I mean, if we're going to add that in, I don't mind the extra innings
0: in baseball. I don't mind it either, uh, I mean, when you get in a game of extra innings, I mean that's, uh, you know, I mean, I, you're getting uh, you know more baseball. You know, you're getting uh, extra extra innings at a discounted rate. You're not getting free baseball. You're getting uh, just more for what you paid for. Uh, to me, that's and it's more competitive. Uh, I mean, there's more on the line than you.
1: It's there's. I feel like in America today, as sports fans, we like anticipation. We like instant gratification uh we, we like to be on the edge of our seat. And for sports like NASCAR where you race around the track a million times, when there is an overtime you get that instant gratification where hey someone's about to win. This is we're going to a photo finish and baseball you get the extra innings where hey uh you know someone could hit a, a walk off and it would be a beautiful thing and that's a you know, that's a, a gym on Sports Center. That's a top top ten play. You hit a walk off. You're pretty much guaranteed to be on SportsCenter's top plays.
0: You want to talk um, about a beautiful thing, Tom? I was uh, I was watching the national championship game the other night. It went to overtime, and I was at Buffalo Wild Wings. How perfect is that?
1: That is perfect, and you didn't even get to hit the, uh, the whatever that button is called that they always promote and the commercials. The uh, you know, tripping somebody up, sprinklers on the field. No, and like, it just happened
0: naturally. It, it just was happened
1: naturally, fun. which you know, which is awesome too. I mean, I mean, I know we already talked about the national championship game, but man, what? Not only between two teams that haven't really been there before. I, I believe neither of those two had a national championship beforehand. So you're you're seeing two newbies. It's not the Duke. It's not. I mean, for you, that's sad. It's not KU. It's not North Carolina. It's not any of the blue bloods seeing that, you know, I'm completely fine. Because if you think about it, if you looked at changing college basketball over time to a shootout, I mean, what do you just have your, you know, pick your four best players to play a game of 21 or knockout? I mean, that would be lame. (laughs) Um, Knockout for overtime? That would be hilarious. Could you imagine the madness in that? Oh yeah! I feel like the G League should move to that. I might actually watch the G League just for D- yeah. There you go, just for novelty. I mean, when's the last time you played a game in knockout? I think it would have had to have been twelfth grade for me, which has almost been ten years.
0: I play it with youth kids every once in a while. D- do you get spanked or do you have you have you won one? I've won. Uh, there have been other times where I was like the first person eliminated too. It just varies. Yeah, if the person behind you is a shooter, then,
1: I mean, you're as good as gone.
0: Yeah, it's like being eliminated in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I mean, you know, sometimes oh. sometimes it just gets the best of you. You're running a bad matchup sometimes. It is what it is. Uh, before we get out of here, Tom, let's uh, get to our Tom Fullery story of the week this week. What do we have in store?
1: So, Jones, we're going to uh, Australia for this one. Uh, Australian. It's been Broke a while singer. since we've been
0: to Australia. We've been there before on this, but it's been some time.
1: It, no, it really has been some time. And uh, this is Australian in honor Broke of, uh, of our stopper. favorite
0: British golfer, uh, Adam Scott.
1: Uh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'm surprised no one picked him. I thought about it. He's won the Masters before. He's got the
0: long putter um, back now too.
1: Watch hey Hey, he might be. A, he might be the guy that does it. Uh, we always talk about the guy we think least of. Um, Australian Bros figured out a software glitch to get free McDonald's hamburgers. So there's a couple of videos on here. This comes from Barstool Sports. Um, the master plan is how this shakes out. Customize the order to get 10 pattyless burgers, taking a dollar off each. Plus, add one regular burger. Plus, view the order and choose takeaway equals free Mickey D's. Uh, People are really down on the younger generations and worried about the future of humanity, sometimes exaggerated, sometimes for good reason. But this should give you, me, and everyone hope and inspiration. We're going to be okay. If Matthias and his buddy, the two in question that got free Mickey D's, can combine their brain power and utilize their software skills to get a free hamburger, you've got to imagine the cure for cancer isn't far behind. Uh, P.S., this article mentions reddit here saw this comment in the reddit thread feel like a responsible citizen out there should report this girl for pre-crime girlfriend is vegetarian and she orders a cheeseburger with no meat and puts chips on it um this article jones touch screen said they say touchscreen fast food ordering is so dope i'm not ashamed to say that 12 pizza and pasta meals in rome found a cozy mcdonald's touch screen order like four value menus sit down had it served to me and enjoyed one of the best meals of my life Unfortunately, I wasn't smart enough to get it for free. Uh, Jones, so basically from what I can understand to this through which without watching the videos is that these two people uh, uh, figured out a way to get free McDonald's by ordering one thing at a time. Uh, as it says, customize the order to get 10 pattyless burgers, uh, add one regular burger uh, and choose takeout or not sitting down to eat in the restaurant and you get free Mickey D's uh through the touch screens now Jones there are a few McDonald's that I've heard of that have these new touch screens Uh, I personally have not been to one but I know they are out there in a way I didn't want them to publicize this if they could have just kind of flown under the radar so more of us could have figured this out and got free Mickey D's that would have been appreciated um now I feel like McDonald's has probably fixed that glitch.
0: Yeah, I would bet so. I like what you said that it would have been nice if this one stayed under the radar a bit. And maybe we're doing a disservice by putting this story out there uh, per se. But it is brilliant. I applaud it. The effort, the creativity to get to that point, Tom. That is uh, that is fantastic. Uh, I'm not worried about the state of America and our future, when we have, you know, geniuses pulling off stuff like this, uh, this is great. I have a McDonald's Tom, uh, just like within walking distance from my apartment, that has the touchscreens, and wow. you can, you better believe, I'm going to at least attempt this anyway. It's 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 worth a shot. You, you can't lose anything doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, essentially, I'm I'm guessing that you can just hit the start over button. Or what you want, if it doesn't come out right.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I would think so. So
1: I haven't used. I haven't used one of these touchscreens. Uh, I mean, this is revolutionary. I I don't like the touch screen in the sense that it does take away jobs. Um, but in a sense, hey, if you can get free Mickey D's out of it, I mean, you got to try it. I mean, at the end of the day, and more so, McDonald's McDonald's is cheap, but at the same time, if you can save money and just And figure out a you know a little loophole. Why not? Isn't this the cost? One of the biggest corporations in America. I mean, they have enough money.
0: Isn't this the cost that McDonald's uh, chooses uh, in uh, cutting back labor and going to machines? Is accepting the error and the fault that comes with the machines? I mean, they're going to figure out the bugs eventually.
1: Uh, But I mean, they do. I mean, just look at the McFlurry machine. I mean, it's always down.
0: Have you ever been to McDonald's I mean, and the ice cream machine actually was working?
1: No. And you know what? We talked about this the other night. Uh, actually, my friend Jose uh, and my friend Keenan, we, we went through a McDonald's um, late at night, probably like 3 in the morning. And this actually, this past Saturday, I was in Tulsa, and we went through a McDonald's, and my friend Jose said, I want a McFlurry. I want some ice cream. So we drive through. And he says, hey, can I get a, a, a medium or a Mc, a Oreo McFlurry? And the first words out of the guy's mouth, it says, I don't want to sound stereotypical, but the McFlurry machine is down. Oh, and no. On Jose's face, I thought, I, we all laughed. We just cracked up. And because we had obviously talked about it, watch, we're going to go through. And just like always, the ice cream machine is going to be down. Lo and behold, it was down. Uh, so I don't know if he was lying to us or just... You know, didn't want to make the McFlurry uh, because that's an easy out now for any McDonald's employee, at least through the drive thru. Uh, but he didn't get his ice cream, so he went to Quick Trip and got uh, a, a pint of, I don't even know, some chocolate chip cookie dough.
0: Not a bad uh, consolation prize, but. No, I mean, a it still cost him another good. trip, though.
1: No, yeah, we had, I mean, literally, we had to go right across the street, but uh, we still had to all get out of the car. And go and get something to eat. But
0: one time, I got very frustrated with McDonald's, Tom, because uh, it was uh, it was just drive through hours. The dining was closed, and I walked over there, and they would not serve me because I was a walk up. Uh, they required me to be in a car. Isn't that discrimination for me not being in a vehicle?
1: It should be because you know what, Sonic.
0: Before, they even had
1: the walk-up ones that you, like, sit on the bench uh, in order kind of from, like, in the middle of the drive through or the middle of the car ops. Um, even before that, you could walk up and push the red button and get a drink or get whatever. You didn't have to be in the car. Um, so, in a way, I get where they're coming from with that.
0: But if they want to make money, they should serve you. They threatened to call the police on me if I didn't leave. What? Yes. Were you had you been drinking? Um, I cannot recall if I had or not. Okay, so you plead the fifth. That's okay. Um, they
1: threatened. They could just said, "Hey, man, uh, you know what? You have to have a car to come through the drive-through." They'd have been like, "You know what? Okay." But they already threatened first off to say, "Hey, we're going to call the police if you don't leave." Yeah, okay, that's pretty bold. That's maybe you know. I guess in a college town. They're probably pretty used to that. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, and and I did decide to leave, and I went to bed hungry. It, it was a very sad night. To uh, that is, leave. you should have went to Culver's. Yeah, it, it's been a year. Have you tr- since uh, since we last introduced you to uh, Culver's, Tom? Have you tried it yet? No, I haven't tried it. Um, do you I refuse? Are you picture, open though. to it, or do you refuse? No, I'm completely
1: open to it. Um, I'm sure it is probably good food, but it does still sound like a butcher shop or a meat market. Um, actually, I meant to send you a picture last, not this past weekend, but the the weekend before we passed it too fast in the car. But there was a Culver's in Colorado, and I meant to send you a picture. Um, and I had a good chuckle about it, and I had to play back the show for everybody in the car to get the joke. They didn't find it very funny,
0: uh, but I didn't. Well, that makes two of us anyway. That's too bad. They just don't have a good sense of humor like you and I do. Uh, about, I don't think so. They they weren't into the Tom Fullerie. I guess not. And Tom is not for everybody. You got to be like a chosen, you know, type of people to understand Tom Foolery. and that's what we bring to this program every single week. I got to get out of here, Tom. Uh, big thanks to uh, Andrew Carter for joining us today, and. Uh, Tom did a. Have you done your taxes yet? Uh, I got like four days and I haven't started. Uh, I, I'm thinking about getting the extension at this point.
1: Really? See, I knocked it out in the first two weeks.
0: You're you're an overachiever.
1: Well, I wanted the money, honestly. Did you get the money already? No, I did get the money. I've actually already spent it. I put it towards some bills and. Uh, I took old girl out, and we went to float. And uh, uh, maybe another Tom Fullery story for another day, which is not really Tom Fullery, more of uh, an experience that you should try. And I would almost bet there's one in the vicinity of you, Uh, a float tank. It's uh, a deprivation tank. Uh, We went and floated on that tax money. And that was an experience we could talk about for another day, or maybe a different Tom Fleury story. But uh, if there's one in the vicinity, you have to go try
0: floating. All right. I'll keep that in mind. Um, I'll, I'll think about that while I'm doing my taxes. I Man, that, that'll give me motivation to get it done as far as that goes. But uh, follow us on social media Facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live and Tyler Jones Media Group. Twitter at Thomas underscore Bridges. At Tyler Jones Live at TJ Media Group. You can find us there. Instagram at Tyler Jones Live at Insta Thomas at Jones underscore report. We are there. And uh, make sure to subscribe to the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify. Leave us a five star review or don't leave us one at all. And uh, we'll see you right back here on the Jones Report next week. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the Masters and get your taxes done. And we'll see you here on the Jones Report. So long, everybody. Yo, Ricky Fowler.
1: Jones report Fuck yeah.